0: MSW Media. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, September twenty ninth, twenty twenty one. Today, the House Committee on Oversight has released a report showing three doctors at Mar-a-Lago worked with Ivanka and Jared to sell veterans' health records for millions in revenue. General Milley testified before Congress. Matt Gates appears to be prepping for a trial over grave crimes. Stephanie Grisham says Trump called her to insist his dick wasn't shaped like a mushroom, and she played memory from Cats to calm him down. And no, I'm not joking. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Dana's traveling today, so I'm going to be reading the news solo for you. Later on, though, I will be having a discussion with the host of Deep State Radio, David Rothkopf, about his new piece on Holly and Cruise that's appearing in the Daily Beast. Should be an interesting show. I just want to take a moment to thank our patrons. You make the show possible. And um, I can't I just can't thank you enough for just three bucks a month. That's thirty six dollars a year. You can get these episodes ad free and early. You also become a patron of MSW Book Club and Muller She Wrote. You get those ad free. And then, of course, you know, access to all the meet and greets that we have out and about. I'll be in Boston, D.C. and New York at the end of October. And uh, we'll have meet and greets then. And if you're a patron, you get access to come and, you know, hang out, have a cocktail. And then also access to our closed social media groups, Discord and uh, our weekly Zoom happy hour calls. It's a really, really good deal. And again, thank you for everyone for supporting us. You can do it on Supercast by looking for the Daily Beans or go to patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote, and that that will give you access to to all of our shows ad free. Now, we have a lot of news to get to and something that, uh, again, the mainstream media is failing to report. And let's talk about that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Lead story today, as I said, I cannot believe this is not all over the news right now. It comes from the House Oversight Committee, Rep. Carolyn Maloney chairwoman of that committee, and Rep. Mark Takano, chairman of the House Committee on Veterans Affairs, released new documents showing that Ike Perlmutter, Mark Sherman, and Dr. Bruce Moskowitz, associates of the former guy known as the Mar-a-Lago Trio, violated the Federal Advisory Committee Act, FACA, and attempted to exert improper influence over government employees and policies involving the Department of Veterans Affairs. Quote, our joint investigation found that Perlmutter, Sherman, and Moskowitz, bolstered by their connection to President Trump's private Mar-a-Lago club, violated the law and sought to exert improper influence over government officials to further their own personal interests. These documents uh, that we are releasing today shed light on the secret role the trio played in developing VA initiatives and programs, including a hugely profitable plan to monetize veterans' medical records. The committee's investigation demonstrates the need for Congress to pass the Federal Advisory Committee Transparency Act, which would ensure the American people know who is providing advice to federal policymakers and would require agencies to disclose whether individuals on advisory committees have conflicts of interest. goes on here in the investigative findings. On January 11th, 2017, President Trump announced we're going to set up a group to straighten out the VA and help then-VA secretary nominee David Shulkin implement new policies, including a proposal to monetize veterans' patient data. President Trump stated that Ike Perlmutter has been very, very involved. Mr. Perlmutter, CEO of Marvel Entertainment, was joined by Mark Sherman, managing director of the consulting firm Alvarez & Marcel, and Dr. Bruce Moskowitz, former chief of the Biomedical Research and Education Foundation. The Mar-a-Lago trio continued in their unofficial VA roles until at least July of 2018. The Federal Advisory Committee Act, FACA, requires that groups advising the executive branch operate with transparency and a balanced approach. The Mar-a-Lago trio refused to comply with this law and With the knowledge of Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump, using a personal email account, and other top White House advisors hid their efforts to influence VA policies from public view. Consciousness of guilt. Documents obtained by the committee show the Mar-a-Lago trio formed an advisory committee but refused to comply with federal transparency law. Documents obtained by the committee reveal that President Trump formed an advisory committee made up of Perlmutter, Sherman, and Moskowitz to transform the VA. In January of 2017, days after Trump took office, Perlmutter wrote to White House staff following an introduction by Jared Kushner. It's clear you care about the veterans as much as we do on the advisory committee. He used the words advisory committee and that he was excited to have assistance to help our advisory committee improve the VA. In February 2017, after meeting with Trump, Perlmutter wrote to a group that includes Moskowitz, then VA secretary nominee Shulkin and medical center leaders. As the president asked, we can now formally create an official committee. In March 2017, Perlmutter explained to the deputy administrator for U.S. Digital Service, the very purpose of the group is to ensure proper analysis, sharing of best practices and provide a forum for discussion, debate, and ultimately the strongest collective decisions and recommendations. So this is an official committee. The trio was informed at that point by multiple federal officers that their work constituted an advisory committee, which is subject to the transparency and balance requirements in FACA. On January 25th, 2017, the VA Office of General Counsel, an attorney assigned to work on FACA matters, wrote to then-VA Secretary Shulkin, it appears FACA may be implicated by the trio's formation. Mr. Shulkin forwarded that email to Moskowitz the same day, so Moskowitz knew. The trio was also advised to register as an advisory committee by assistant to the president, Reid Cordish, who wrote an email to Perlmutter in April of 2017, to do what you outlined below, you will need to form a FACA group. And to have your attorney reach out to White House counsel Stephen Pasatino, who is copied on this email, to start that process. Mr. Perlmutter responded, the good news is that we've been advised that FACA does not apply because we are not a formal group in any way. Documents show President Trump and senior White House officials empowered the group of secret advisors. Jared Kushner introduced Mr. Perlmutter to the deputy administrator for the U.S. Digital Service on January 19, 2017, the day before Trump's inauguration. Kushner wrote that Perlmutter is going to help us fix the VA. He is someone we trust 100 percent. In April 2017, at Trump's direction, White House aides sent Mr. Perlmutter a Wall Street Journal op-ed entitled Trump's Promise to Veterans with the president's handwritten note, send to Ike. We've got a handwritten note (laughs) from Trump. In response, Perlmutter wrote that the group was working as quickly as possible to reform the VA system, Perlmutter also wrote to Jared Kushner, we're on top of almost everything and have the solutions. Documents reveal the trio actively sought to conceal their activities. On February 16, 2017, Moskowitz wrote to Shulkin, I don't want to send an email on talking points Ike and I discussed prior to the call with Steve Cohen, but we'll fill you in anytime verbally prior to next Tuesday's call. We are still unsure what can be put in emails and what to discuss verbally. In March 2021, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals found that Quote, allegations suffice to identify the trio as forming an advisory group for the purposes of FACA. The trio exerted improper influence while seeking to advance hugely profitable plans to monetize veterans health data. Documents obtained by the committee show that the trio developed and implemented a range of plans to overhaul the VA and sought to outsource VA functions, including by monetizing VA patient data through a development of a commercial platform for veterans medical records. On April 18, 2017, Perlmutter wrote to Trump that the trio was progressing on evaluating and understanding the vast problems and risks in the VA system and working as quickly as possible to reform them. The trio had discussions on behalf of the federal government with Johnson & Johnson, Apple, and CVS Health after being introduced by Ivanka Trump utilizing her personal email account and Jared Kushner to the CEOs of each company, Gorsky, Cook and Larry Merlot. The trio engaged these companies on proposals including the development of a platform for veterans' medical records, Efforts to reduce veteran suicides, including a joint public awareness campaign, and efforts to expand access to care for veterans by providing veteran services at CVS Minute Clinics. The trio worked with Secretary Shulkin to award a consulting contract to Terry Fadum, that's the former president of Dr. Moskowitz's nonprofit for foundation, to explore monetizing VA patient data. Mr. Fadum proposed in an email exchange with Moskowitz that patient data be leveraged into hundreds of millions in revenue. So Again, going over that, this trio had Shulkin award a contract to Moskowitz's buddy to look into his job. We were paying him to look into monetizing VA patient data, and and Moskowitz responded, J and J, CVS, and Apple all wanted the database, and, and that Johnson and Johnson wants the VA data bank and biobank, which will be hugely profitable to them, according to a presentation prepared by Johnson and Johnson. The next step was to, quote, work through legal barriers on getting access to the VHA EMR. That's the Veterans Health Administration Electronic Medical Records Database. It is unclear what steps, if any, the VA took to implement that initiative. In March 2017, Perlmutter sent Kushner an agenda for a meeting with Trump that included technology transfer and economic benefits of licensing, the proposal to monetize veterans data. Kushner responded, great. He's excited for your dinner together. Trump. Documents also show the trio sought to exert dominance over White House staff charged with implementing policies for veterans and discussing White House staff interactions with Apple to create a platform for veteran medical records. Mr. Perlmutter wrote in an email to Kushner and Reed Cordish in April 2017, "Quote: The mere fact that there's been any activity or decision without first coordinating that activity with our team before taking any action is the problem." Perlmutter directed White House employees to cease working on projects overlapping with his group's efforts. In one email, Perlmutter wrote, The expert team that I assembled and is sanctioned by the president will be proceeding with its efforts as planned. All other parallel efforts should stand down. Any items that relate to the transformation of the VA must be funneled through and managed by the expert team, their team, and should be coordinated with Moskowitz and Sherman. Jared Kushner rebuked Perlmutter in writing, I really don't like this tone being taken with someone who's looking to help. Going on here, the trio inappropriately promoted personal interests. Documents obtained by the committee show the trio sought to use their roles to promote their personal agendas. According to a June 2017 presentation prepared by the VA and Johnson and Johnson, they planned on working with Marvel to set up a team of celebrity ambassadors for a public awareness campaign on suicide prevention. In October 2017, Perlmutter, Marvel's CEO, arranged for Marvel characters to participate in a New York Stock Exchange event for the campaign. Perlmutter wrote to Secretary Shulkin, "We have arranged." to have a costumed character version of Captain America to appear on stage and help ring the bell and a costumed character version of Spider-Man on the trading floor. We will also have a team on the floor distributing Marvel product to the New York Stock Exchange employees. On November 8, 2017, the day after the event, Secretary Shulkin told Perlmutter, yesterday on the exchange floor was great. Even Spider-Man and Captain America had a great time. Dr. Moskowitz used his role in the trio to push the VA to play a larger role in a federal registry for medical devices that was being promoted by his nonprofit foundation. The guy who ran that, you know, that foundation was the one who got the contract to try to monetize the records, the health records. In February 2017, he wrote to Secretary Shulkin, spoke with IP, that's Perlmutter. He does believe you should bring this up yourself with the president. Can discuss offline anytime. And following a January 2018 call with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, Administrator Seema Verma, Dr. Moskowitz, wrote to White House and CMS officials, including an administrator named the, who is Verma as the administrator, that the VA should participate in a meeting on device registry and stated a voluntary not-for-profit initiative is the way to go. Yeah, his not-for-profit. Abuses by Mar-a-Lago Trio show the need to strengthen FACA. Chairwoman Maloney introduced a bipartisan Federal Advisory Committee Transparency Act, which would make advisory committees more transparent and more accountable. The bill would require individuals appointed to an advisory committee to provide expert advice comply with conflict of interest and other federal ethics laws, meaning you can't make money. You can't send Captain America and Spider-Man to New York Stock Exchange and hand out swag because that personally profits you. So she wants to stop that. The bill would also close loopholes by clarifying that the law applies to advisory subcommittees And the committees established by contractors are subject to the law if informed at the request of the direction of the agency. So that's the nonprofit that they got Shulkin to provide a contract to run by the Moskowitz's, you know, nonprofit CEO, Fathom. That's about that. Chairwoman Maloney and and Chairman Takano launched this investigation February 20th, 2020, with document requests to Mr. and Mrs. Perlmutter, Sherman and Moskowitz related to reports that the trio exerted significant influence over the VA's policy, personnel and program decisions. Absolutely stunning. Either way, I-, I do not know if the committee made these findings or criminal referrals under FACA to the Department of Justice. I don't know. But I tagged him on Twitter. In other news today, Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, testified the U.S. military officials did not give President Biden a unanimous recommendation to leave Afghanistan until 10 days after the fall of its capital city of Kabul. Speaking at a high-profile Senate hearing, Milley and General Kenneth F. McKenzie, commander of the U.S. CENTCOM, acknowledged that they had previously advised Biden not to withdraw all American troops ahead of the late August evacuation. Also facing pointed questions from members of the Senate Armed Services Committee was Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. So, they're saying that, you know, Biden said, nope, I, I took the advice of the generals. The generals are like, we didn't really advise that. So now we need to get to the bottom of that. And a Matt Gates update. Lots of folks on the socials have been complaining loudly about the pace of the Gates investigation, calling for Garland to be fired because Gates hasn't been indicted in the Middle District of Florida. I pushed back saying that, the, you know, Greenberg continued his cooperation. He pushed his sentencing back from August to mid-November. And then Rodriguez, one of the sham candidates, who accepted money to run against a Democrat and siphon votes from Democrats in a in a race where the Republican won by 37 votes. That guy pled guilty. And that I thought it was likely that Gates was being further investigated for potential ties to those schemes, those sham candidate schemes in Florida, along with campaign finance violations. And that's what's delaying the charging decision, because I've been saying it's, it's, you know, July, August. But then everything got pushed back. Well, the beans came true. While well, the federal sex crimes investigation into Gates has not fueled the kinds of explosive headlines it generated when the news first broke, the case shows no sign of a slowdown. In fact, legal experts told the Daily Beast the perceived lull is nothing outside the norm and can be chalked up to a number of factors, including a wide range of charges that investigators could be exploring. Although Gates and his allies like to interpret the lack of charges as an indication of innocence, the delays could just easily as easily suggest that the charges uh, that could be coming down the pike are extremely grave and complex. And and Gates is acting like they are. So if you were looking for an indication of how seriously Gates is taking the prospect of charges, look no further than the high-powered team of attorneys he has brought on for his defense. The team features a trio of powerful litigators from New York City, well outside the bounds of the Middle District of Florida, where the Justice Department investigation is being handled. Gates is personally represented by Mark Mukasey, who has defended the Trump organization in several high-profile disputes, as well as Isabel Kirshner, a partner at Klayman and Rosenberg LLP. Kirshner is a top Manhattan criminal defense attorney who also represented former New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman after multiple women accused him of physical assault. Separately, the Gates campaign, Friends of Matt Gates, also looked north when it retained New York-based trial lawyer Mark Furnich. Furnich's client list includes child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, and convicted sex trafficker Keith Renier of the Nexium cult. While Furnich is familiar with sex crimes cases, he doesn't have a lot of experience with campaign finance law. The assembled team seems to reflect the self-styled Florida man's politics, personality and public relations strategy. On the political side, Mukasey, former federal prosecutor himself, has gained a reputation as the go-to attorney for high-profile conservatives and MAGA world affiliates. He has represented the Trump Organization and Trump family members in a number of cases, including the ongoing criminal and civil investigations in New York. Mukasey concurrently serves as a defense counsel for Ken Kirsten. Remember that? Friend of Kushner who received a presidential pardon from Trump but is currently fighting state charges in New York in connection with allegedly spying on his former wife. Yeah, good times. The Daily Beast reported last week that Mukasey has been less active in Trump land, starting around the time he signed on with Gates. And this month, he officially withdrew as Eric Trump's counsel in the New York AG civil investigation. Kirshner now, Janine Kirshner, former Manhattan assistant district attorney and the only woman on the crew. Keeps a lower public profile, but has racked up an impressive record over decades in practice, including defending high-profile men against charges of sexual misconduct. Her most notable recent clients in that area include Robert Haddon, the disgraced former Columbia University gynecologist accused of sexually assaulting a number of patients, including Evelyn Yang, wife of presidential candidate Andrew Yang. Kirshner also represented former New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman, who resigned in 2018 amid accusations of physical assault from several women. Tristan Snell, who's a former assistant New York attorney general, told the Daily Beast that the lineup suggests the congressman is anticipating a trial. Quote, it looks like a scorched earth approach. These are big out of town lawyers. If your goal is to resolve something, you typically hire top criminal defense attorneys in the district, someone who is a repeat customer there. They have a good working relationships with that U.S. attorney's office. But these attorneys can go down there, burn down the building and not have to worry about going back in the next day. Former federal prosecutor Jill Weinbanks shared that interpretation, quote, Evacu hiring trial lawyers, which suggests they're prepping for a trial, not a negotiation. But it's not unusual for a trial lawyer to go above a prosecutor into the Department of Justice to make their plea on behalf of their client. That said, I can't think of any time that happened to me, in my experience, where a decision not to indict was made because of a meeting. Weinbanks added that Gates will still need to retain local counsel, someone with a connection to the prosecution who can persuade them. She also observed that out-of-town defense entails a huge cost. Why do that if you're not going to trial, if you're not doing the scorched earth? Another former federal prosecutor, Barb McQuaid, friend of ours, professor from University of Michigan Law School, said she agreed. Bringing in aggressive lawyers from out-of-town suggests a scorched earth strategy. It may be effective in the court of public opinion, but rarely effective in a court of law, she said. Gates reportedly faces a range of criminal allegations, including sex trafficking a minor, obstruction of justice, campaign finance violations, and a sweeping political influence scheme. The investigation stemmed from the indictment last summer of his self declared wingman, Joel Greenberg, the former Seminole County tax collector, who in May pled guilty to an array of charges, including sex trafficking a former teen at the center of the Gates inquiry. With that plea, Greenberg entered into a cooperation agreement with the government, which could spell trouble for Gates, though I don't know he's a very reliable witness. The day Greenberg entered the plea, his attorney told reporters, I'm sure Matt Gates is not feeling very comfortable today. But he doesn't have to be a good witness. He just has to provide the documentary evidence. We saw that in Manafort's trial with Rick Gates. Uh, Matt Gates completely denies the allegations, and as he often notes, he's not been charged with a crime. A spokesperson declined to comment, citing a policy does not discuss attorneys or legal strategy. An attorney familiar with the investigation told the Daily Beast that Gates's defense team not only illustrates the seriousness of the allegations but the scope of the investigation. This is a sitting congressman, and they'll fight everything tooth and nail. You've got to keep. In mind that there are a number of crimes under investigation here. And one of the attorneys said there's the alleged sex trafficking, prostitution, obstruction of justice, and the Department of Justice Public Integrity Unit has even a larger case with the political influence and marijuana stuff. And on top of that, it seems campaign finance as well. And the campaign finance dimension is more of a recent development. See, like I said, While it was previously reported the campaign had paid Furnich $25,000 for legal consulting, it was not known what work was being done for for that money. But a person familiar with the matter has confirmed that Furnich is representing the campaign in connection with the Justice Department's investigation. However, while Furnich has experience representing famous unpopular clients in high wire cases, including sex crimes, he doesn't have a lot of experience in campaign finance law. CNN reported in April the feds were examining Gates' possible use of campaign donor money in connection with travel and other expenses for the women. And the Daily Beast reported in May, Gates had tapped his donors to pay for a hotel room in Orlando at a fundraiser where he did coke with an escort, allegedly. The campaign's formal onboarding of furniture in June suggests Gates is taking the prospect of campaign finance violations seriously. The firm's website touts Furnish's style and his eye for subtle, novel, and creative arguments that other attorneys may miss, claiming such arguments can make potential winners out of seemingly hopeless cases, spelling the difference between victory and defeat. Aside from the Gates campaign. No federal political committee has paid furnish for legal services, according to the FEC. Currently, the site lists Friends of Matt Gates Campaign Committee for U.S. Congressman, as a client, fourth on the list after John Gotti, El Chapo, and Epstein. All three were convicted. Rainier, who was sentenced to 120 years in prison last year on sex trafficking charges, gets next billing after the Gates campaign. Winebanks called the campaign's choice of furniture hilarious Noted the defense attorney specialized in gymnastics. You have to become an instant expert in certain things. McQuaid said the choice of furniture suggests the campaign may be mostly concerned with presenting a bellicose image. Quote, clients often hire lawyers based on recommendations of other reputations for being aggressive, even though the lawyer lacks experience in the relevant subject matter or practices in a different jurisdiction. In these situations, she said, I sometimes think that the purpose of the representation is more about public relations then effective representation in court. Another lawyer familiar with the investigation told the Daily Beast that it wouldn't surprise me to see Greenberg's sentence delayed until the Gates matter is dealt with. Not just an indictment, but through a trial. That could be end of next year. Snell says Gates' legal lineup resonates with his combative response to the reports. You know, Snell also observed that Gates' instinct reminded him of former President Donald Trump fighting back with hyperbolic allegations of extortion, a deep state plot, and a politically motivated prosecution. Although I'm sure some partisan crooks in Attorney General Merrick Garland's Justice Department want to pervert the truth and the law to go after me, I will not be intimidated or extorted, wrote Gates. (laughs) (laughs) Snell remarked of the tactics, to a criminal, prosecution feels like blackmail. But while Gates may be happy with his high-powered counsel, the hiring process wasn't entirely smooth. Two weeks before the campaign hired Furnich, it had detained a D.C. firm, Zuckerman Spader, for the same dollar amount, 25,000, but that relationship died on the vine. Reach for comment Wednesday, a firm spokesperson told the Daily Beast Zuckerman Spader does not represent Congressman Gates individually, nor his campaign. And finally, in today's What the Fuck News, three years ago, adult film star Stormy Daniels scarred us all forever by describing Donald Trump's penis as being like a toadstool. She wrote in her 2018 book, which she dished the dirt on her alleged affair with the ex president. I lay there annoyed that I was getting fucked by a guy with yeti pubes and a dick like a mushroom character in Mario Kart. Well, according to Trump's former White House press secretary, Stephanie Grisham, that truly hideous description didn't go down very well with Trump. Washington Post reported that Grisham writes in her new book about Trump, he once felt the need to call her from Air Force One to inform her that his penis was neither small nor shaped like a toadstool. Trump's unexplained trip to Walter Reed? By the way, also in this book by Stephanie Grisham, which I urge you not to buy, uh, that, you remember that unexplained trip to Walter Reed in 2019 sparked theories that, you know, he had a secret illness. The explanation, according to Grisham, is much more straightforward. She hints that Trump went in for a colonoscopy, but didn't disclose the reason for the trip because he didn't want to have butt jokes told about him on late night television. However, this was not a routine colonoscopy. So still don't know what happened there. I mean, colonoscopy, but why the emergency visit? Later in the book, she writes, Trump underwent a procedure. She doesn't name it, but the New York Times reports that it was a colonoscopy without anesthesia because he was too egotistical to temporarily assign power to the vice president. As with COVID, he was too wrapped up in his own ego and his own delusions about invincibility, she writes. And if that isn't enough, at one point, she writes, Mr. Trump's handlers designated an unnamed White House official known as the Music Man to play his favorite show tunes, including Memory from Cats, to pull him back from the brink of rage. The aide, it is revealed later, is Ms. Grisham's ex-boyfriend. She doesn't identify him, but it's Max Miller, former White House official, now running for Congress with Trump's support. The truth was that pretty much everyone eventually wore out their welcome with the president, Grisham wrote. We were bottles of milk with expiration dates. The former press secretary adds, I should have spoken up more. Yeah, you should have. No one buy this book. All right, I'll be right back with the host of Deep State Radio, David Rothkopf, to discuss his latest piece for The Daily Beast and other MSM mainstream media shortcomings and the day's news right after this. Stay with us.
1: After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey,
0: everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Chili Sleep. You know how much I love sleep. I love my sheets. I love my mattress. And science shows that lowering your core body temperature is the key to obtaining and maintaining a deep sleep. Temperature controlled sleep restores testosterone levels. It repairs muscle after a hard day's work. It improves cognitive function, so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili Sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you live a healthier, more satisfying life. The Chili Sleep Uller and Cube Sleep systems are hydro powered, temperature controllable mattress toppers put over your existing mattress to provide the ideal temperature for sleep. The luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for a deep sleep, regardless of how hot or cold you sleep. They're designed to assist you with falling asleep, staying asleep, and maintaining your energy levels throughout the day. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. You know, I sleep pretty hot. I get night sweats doing the perimenopause thing. So Chili Sleep has been a godsend. I've been sleeping so much better. So head over to chili slash beans to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for Daily Beans listeners and only for a limited time. That's Chili Sleep, C H I L I. Sleep.com slash beans to take advantage of this exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Everybody, welcome back. I'm happy to be joined today by the host of Deep State Radio and author of the new book, Trader. He's a contributing columnist to the Daily Beast. And on the board of contributors for USA Today, please welcome David Rothkopf. Hello, David. Hi. Hi. So uh, you and I have had several discussions uh, about the mainstream media losing their cash cows, Trump and the Afghan war. And I wanted to ask you about a couple of things uh, with the way the mainstream media is uh, reporting the debt ceiling fight, quote unquote, the battle, the uh, disarray of the Democratic Party, quote unquote, as they are putting it. And I was hoping you could probably level a little uh, a more truthful take on what's going on in, in Congress today.
1: Well, I mean, look, first of all, you know, the, 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 the media seems to be. You know, they they seem to be reporting this like, you know, it's politics in the 1940s. You know, there's Republicans, there's Democrats, everything's got two sides. And and that's just not where we are, you know, in American politics right now. You know, the debt ceiling, uh, the Republicans, when they were blowing through the debt, um, you know, demanded that the Democrats... Uh, regularly up the debt ceiling so they could keep doing that and and cut taxes for rich people along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, when that was happening, they would say the full faith and credit of the United States is at stake and Democrats can't play politics with this. And now, you know, they, the, 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 the shoe is on the other foot um, and they are just being Outright obstructionists. The Secretary of the Treasury has pointed out the damage that this would do uh, to the dollar, to the US economy, to our standing in the world. You know, these same people who thought, you know, you know, maybe, you know the, the, the Afghanistan exit was damaging our standing in the world. How dare they when what they are threatening to do is essentially blow up the US economy and, and destroy the full faith and credit of the United States. Um, and yet, I keep reading stories that are kind of like, well, you know, the, the Republican strategy is this, and the Democrats are doing this, and the Democrats are on their heel, and President Biden faces a tough task ahead. And it's like, these are, these are you know, bomb throwers trying to blow up the United States government. that It has nothing to do with politics in the sense of, you know, uh, debate or searching for compromise or traditional politics. It has everything to do with scorched earth, Mitch McConnell. I will not let the Democrats score one point. Screw them, and if everybody in the United States suffers, I don't care. So it's you know that's the debt ceiling. And the, it, just if I can add a second point on this, the 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 president, you know, I keep reading stories. Is he's back on his heels with the negotiation about these infrastructure bills and so forth, and yet. What he's done is he's negotiated a bilateral deal worth a trillion dollars, the biggest investment in infrastructure in 50 years. He's pulled together a visionary reconciliation package uh, that you know the initial package is worth $3.5 trillion uh, that he wants to pay for the whole thing. Uh, and the Republicans are saying, no dice, we're not playing on the second game. So he's got to hold together the different factions in his own party, and they're negotiating. And it's tough, but it's not Biden is on his knees. It's Biden is doing what a president of the United States does. He's leading, he's negotiating, he's trying to broker compromises, he's trying to get as much done as possible for the American people. One party is saying, We want to burn the whole damn thing down. And he's saying, we want to rebuild the whole thing. You know, this is not, uh, you know, a place where, um, you know, they're both sides as possible. It's night and day.
0: Yeah. And what, what do you think is the the reason for this? I mean, coverage besides what we've already talked about, the desperate need for clicks and eyes and and sensationalism. Uh, but do you think that this might have something to do with the, the media being terrified of of being dubbed liberal, uh, because, I mean, we've got a party of facts and we've got a party of obstruction. And it seems like being reporting on the facts could look liberal. Uh, (laughs) And I think that they're maybe they're just terrible. What is the motive here? Do they not want to be considered that?
1: That's that's right. You know, I think, you know, there is this group of misguided. Quote, journalists who think that objectivity is reporting the views of both sides. That's not what objectivity is. Objectivity is seeking to report the truth. If one side is offering pure lies, it is not objectivity to present those lies as though they were the same as facts. And that is where we are. That's what's happened, whether it's with COVID or whether it's with, um, you know, Trump's you know, in, uh, you know, sort of coup attempt and his desire to cast the election as 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 having been fraudulent where there's no evidence whatsoever to that effect because it was fair. Um, and, you know, that's that's what's that's what's happening here. But here's the other thing. You know, you, you, you see it. You've been part of it. Most media is a cage match. You know, they, unless there is a conflict, it's not interesting. Unless, and, and, you know, look at all the major media sites. People should go and Google it. Look at the traffic since Trump left office. It wasn't that, you know, there was a lot of traffic because people love Trump. It's that when things are like scary as shit, you know, people are going to the media because they want to know if the train's about to come off the tracks. They want to see the fight. They, you know, what if they reported this story as it is? Democrats have different factions and they're negotiating in order to come to a bill in order for the United States government to perform the functions that it's supposed to do and to pay for those functions. That's boring. (laughs) You know, it's essential. It's what we need. um, But they don't want to do that. Instead, they want to report this whole thing like like it's a damn sporting event.
0: Yeah, I think that's why you and I do what we do. And I mean, I've been saying this will get done. The debt, the debt ceiling will get done. Infrastructure will get done. Uh, and, and then how, how is that going to be reported? You know, they'll just be like, well, despite the disarray, hair on fire problems between the Democrats f- battling each other, somehow it, it happened.
1: I, I can tell you exactly. how, it, And you know, right? You're going to pick up the paper. Well, I don't know if you pick, I don't get a newspaper, but you're going to turn on your computer one morning. You're going to start scrolling through Twitter stories. You're going to go to the homepage of your favorite news site. And it's going to say, Biden fails to achieve $3.5 trillion goal. Vision is undermined. Um, Reality sets in. A weakened president looks ahead to 2020.
0: watered down agenda
1: watered down right because it's not 3.5 trillion it was never
0: going to be 3.5
1: trillion (laughs) it was never going to be but it was never good right it's but you know what if it's 3.3 or 2.9 or 2.5 i don't know what it is but i'll tell you one thing if it's a trillion dollars for infrastructure and it's two point something or three point something for this reconciliation package this is the biggest most visionary Investment in the United States in any of our lifetimes, Mm -hmm. and and the 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 headline should be that the day after Joe Biden and I was not a Joe Biden supporter during the election. I was an Elizabeth Warren supporter. I was same. You know, I was I was in a completely different place. But Joe Biden is on the verge of doing something that I think only he could have done. Yeah, and I and I want to give him credit for that. You know, I, I can. We can sit here and talk about all his flaws if you want. But in this area, he is on the verge of doing something big that literally will touch and improve the lives of every single one of your listeners.
0: Yeah, I agreed. And, and I felt the same. And I, I, I immediately said I was wrong. You know, uh, when when he was fourth or fifth on my list, you know, because like you, I was a, I was a Warren supporter. I can't say what Warren would have done differently, but Biden is definitely doing the work that I wanted to have completed. So I want to talk to you a little bit uh, more about this new piece that you did for the Daily Beast and and a little bit about the Department of Justice and the Insurrection. I have to take a quick break, though. Will you stay with me? Of course. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Hello, Beans people. It's AG here. And the segment of the show is brought to you by Tomboy X. I'm in love with this underwear. It makes my favorite underwear. Tomboy X is incredible. I threw everything else away. (laughs) Tomboy X underwear feels like it was made just for me. They fit and feel amazing. They have so many cool designs and styles. Right now, I'm loving my new Tomboy X boy shorts. It's my favorite. They have a variety of snazzy prints. And since 2014, Tomboy X has produced brazenly unapologetic underwear suited to all bodies, all shapes, all sizes, and all genders. From boxer briefs to bikinis, from boy shorts to bras, Tomboy X is made to fit you and how you see yourself. Quality fit and inclusivity from the foundation for every product. Their attention to detail includes no back seams, so you never get wedgies. Also, Super soft, silky smooth waistbands and bra bands that never roll. I'm wearing one right now. It's perfect. So whether you fall, wherever you fall on the size, shape, or this is me spectrum, Tomboy X is the underwear your body will love. And with their love at first wear guarantee, you can order risk-free while you find your perfect fit. Discover your inner Tomboy and let me get you started with a special discount. Go to TomboyX.com and enter code Daily Beans, all one word. You get an extra 20% off, 20% off when you enter Daily Beans at TomboyX.com. Com. Again, TomboyX.com. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to the host of Deep State Radio, David Rothkopf. And David, you penned a piece for the Daily Beast. These show ponies made themselves threats to our national security. And talk about uh, the lead here. The process of filling critical positions has been deteriorating and consequently putting the country at risk for decades. Talk a little bit about this piece. What prompted you to write it?
1: Actually, what prompted me to write it was that I had I'd had a sort of a general sense that uh, the senior nominees for top positions at state and defense and other national security agencies were not getting approved. Um, But I didn't have the data behind it. And then um, uh, Lauren DeYoung Shulman, who is uh, with uh, NGO in in D.C., did a a thread on Twitter and it pointed out that on 9-11, After after 9-11, the 9-11 Commission looked at the the confirmation process and found that only 57% of nominees to those critical positions had been confirmed, and that this was one of the things that had made us vulnerable on 9-11. And that as of September 11th, 2021, the number was 26%. So it was half. It was half of what it was on 9-11. In other words, um, the obstructionism of Congress had left three quarters of the hundred and seventy most important national security jobs in the country open. Um, and the two people leading the charge were Ted Cruz, who said, "I'm going to block everybody until I get my way on an arcane issue, the Nord Stream pipeline and in 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 Europe, and then Josh Hawley who said I'm going to block everybody until the Secretary of State or the National Security Advisor resign, because of what happened in Afghanistan, and, you know, th- this was a th- these were stunts. These are only possible because of the absurd rules of the Senate, uh, the ability of any one senator to anonymously block a nominee. Uh, And of course, the absurd uh, and, and hugely destructive filibuster rules. And so we end up with all these open positions that are putting us all at risk. And of course, the sick irony here is that, you know, Joe Biden takes steps to end a 20 year catastrophic war and Hawley and Cruz have the audacity to suggest that he has somehow da- damaged us national security by getting us out of a bad costly no-win situation while they are putting our national security at risk of course it's compounded by the fact that they egged on and you know were cheerleaders at the coup attempt on January 6th that these guys Are actually actively enemies of the United States. And if you want to throw in their support for Trump or you want to throw in their support for Republican policies on COVID that are literally killing 10 times as many people, I mean, excuse me, five times as many people in Republican voting counties, you know, in other words, counties that voted heavily for Trump, as in the counties that voted heavily for Biden. I mean, I saw this. Data point yesterday. And it was just mind-blowing that, you know, for every 10 people that die in a blue county from COVID, 47 people die in a red county um, because of this political rift that they've been playing on. Uh, so they are enemies, destroying the country and putting us at risk. And I just thought it was time to call them out and also to call out the White House and the, the Senate leadership and say, override them, move on. And they've started to do that. In the past few days, there have been six or seven uh, people who have sort of gotten through, uh, but we still have a long way to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And with regards to the insurrection Department of Justice, we're now starting to see uh, quite a bit of evidence coming out about the, the actual conspiracy, right? The January 5th meeting at the Willard Hotel, the, the coordination between leaders of, uh, and insiders of the insurrection um, we're, we're, the six point memo from uh, John Eastman, when you take that in combination with the letters that Jeffrey Clark penned to those same states to, you know, because saying, we found corruption in your election at the Department of Justice, so you need to appoint an alternate slate of electors. And then, of course, you get to that six point memo, and it's like, well, what you need to do, uh, Mike Pence, is throw out the electors for these states and have them put forward their alternate slate of electors. You can all see these pieces coming together, dovetailing into what appears to be uh, what we had thought all along, that this was a coordinated effort uh, and that the insurrection attack in the Capitol was just a part of it. And so I'm trying to figure out if the Department of Justice is investigating that. I can't see how they wouldn't be. I don't, you know, I've talked to several former prosecutors, FBI, who are saying you can't investigate the boots on the ground insurrection and divorce that from investigating the leadership uh, of the attempt to overthrow the government, but we haven't heard anything, you know, other than you know Merrick Garland saying I'm doing it, but we haven't seen any uh, evidence of that. We got way more stuff from the Mueller investigation, and that was a very tight-lipped uh, you know investigation. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that because I'm I'm at the point now where, you know, I'm, I defend Garland. I say you know I, I to me he has to be working on it. He just has to be, but, but if he's not, you know, where are we?
1: Well, I, I mean, my thoughts are, you know, muddled with my feelings at this point. My feeling is, you know, nausea. Because, you know, here we are nine months after January 6th, nothing. Two and a half years after the Mueller report lists these incidents of obstruction, nothing. You know, is, is, is Merrick Garland being cautious? Does it take a long time to put together these cases? Uh, sure. Uh, Should we give him the benefit of the doubt? Sure. But I think it's very important to recognize that if there is no action and we've had leaks out of the FBI that, you know, they didn't find a conspiracy that led to this. It just kind of happened. Then this is not only going to be a miscarriage of justice, but it's going to set a precedent, a precedent that says that future presidents can try to undo democracy, overrule the people. And if they do it in a certain way, they're going to get away with it. And, I, you know, I think the, the thing that I watch in this, and and you're more expert at this than I am, but the thing that I watch in this is that, you know, you've got all the elements of a clear conspiracy, but there is no hard link where somebody sat in a room and, you know, said, here is our conspiracy. Here's our plan. Go do this. You know, Trump for months was teeing this up. Trump was reaching out to lots of different people, and if we use that, you know, the the the, the, the standard for what constitutes a conspiracy is unreasonably high, then they're going to let them get away with this, uh, and they're going to punt all the responsibility to other people. I mean, the other thing we've got is. A lot more information coming out saying that the president of the United States was trying to get states to fiddle the election in violation of federal election laws and violation of all sorts of things. And, you know, we're waiting for somebody to call him out on that. But final point, it's the end of September. It, you know, some of your listeners may be listening to this in the beginning of October. In November, December, three months away, we're in an election year. Is Merrick Garland, super cautious Merrick Garland, going to unleash a series of indictments, a more public investigation, some kind of accountability for the Trump administration during an election year? Is, you know, or is he going to say, we can't do that? It's too you know, politically provocative. And, and we're going to find another obstacle, another roadblock to this I'm worried. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but so far Trump has dodged accountability his whole life by committing crimes in plain sight and essentially hiring enough lawyers and coming up with enough excuses to wiggle his way out of it.
0: Yeah, and and I think the idea of leaving it up to the, you know, Fulton County District Attorney or the Manhattan District Attorney or New York Attorney General uh, oh, they'll get them. You know, I don't need to. We can stay political. That is uh, a disservice. It's a dereliction of duty. It is, like you said, saying that the federal government is fine with you obstructing justice, trying to overthrow the government. We're fine with it. And uh, you're you're right. Accountability is key, I think, to saving the republic here. And I hope we see some movement soon.
1: Absolutely right. And I worry that you know some of these things are going to get challenged in courts that have been packed
0: that's the other, that's the other uh, huge worry as well. If this sort of thing makes it up to the Supreme court in some sort of defiance, you know, uh, or appeal or whatever, how, how, are, how, how is the federalist society funded by dark money going to respond? Uh, because that's what we have at the, at that level. And then of course the entire federal bench has just been packed by, by Mitch right, McConnell. And, and
1: we've, we have a series of decisions in the course of the, the, the past, um, Couple of decades of sort of the Roberts Court, starting with Citizens United, including Shelby County, um, where uh, dark money has been enabled. We've come to the conclusion that money is speech, which means the people have more money, have more speech, have a bigger voice in our politics. We've said that uh, the Voting Rights Act doesn't apply anymore because we don't have discrimination anymore in the United States, and we've said that insane gerrymandering. And I encourage everybody to go and look at some of the new proposed maps for the Texas Congressional District, oh, which man. are like, you know, little strings of spaghetti 320 miles long, is, has been approved by this court. So, you know, if, if you think they're going to, you know, sidestep outrageous decisions, all evidence to the contrary is there for you to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, we will uh, keep in touch, see what happens in this investigation. And I encourage everybody to listen to Deep State Radio and um, check out your new book, Traitor, as well. I appreciate your time, David. Thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hello, Leguminati. It's AG for The Beans. And this segment of the show is sponsored by Upstart. I know so many people that were living on credit cards during the pandemic and lockdown and running up those high-interest debts. And the problem is, is you make those minimum payments and you don't seem to make a dent. And you're not alone. Getting out of debt can be daunting, but Upstart can help. Using Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily to get back to living your life, and it's easy and fast to consolidate your debt with an Upstart and personal loan online. Whether you're paying off those credit cards or consolidating high-interest debt or just funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than depending solely on your credit score, Upstart looks at other factors. You're more than a number to them, so they look at your income and your employment history and your credit history to find the best rate for you. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com/dailybeans. That's upstart.com/dailybeans. Please use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income and certain other information provided on in your loan application. That's upstart.com/dailybeans. And today's show is also brought to you by Monk Pack, making the most delicious snacks with almost no sugar. There are very few healthy snacks that taste good that are also filling and satisfy you. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They taste delicious. They're satisfying. They they end that snack craving for you to get you to your next meal. The perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better and reduce sugar and carb intake without sacrificing taste. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars are the perfect balance of sweet and salty, I love that. They've got crunchy nuts and seeds. It's got that good crunch that you, that you want, but they're still soft and chewy. They have sea salt, dark chocolate, peanut butter, dark chocolate, and my current favorite, caramel sea salt, dark chocolate. That's so good. They're keto-friendly, gluten-free, plant-based, non-GMO. They have no soy, no trans fats, no sugar, alcohols, and no artificial colors. A subscription saves me 10% too, and I'm always stocked up, so I always have snacks. And then you do that 10% on every order, you get 10% off with the subscription. It ships to me automatically. And we have a special deal for you. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com and entering code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. There's no risk here. If you don't like them for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, just go to MonkPack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Select any product, enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout, and you save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious nutritious food you can count on and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast hey everybody welcome back it's time for the good news, well, we'll on. Good news is on the way. and joining me today for the good news is no one i'm going to be reading the good news to you myself because dana is traveling today she will be back tomorrow though and uh, if you have good news or a confession or corrections or mixed up idioms, or you want to talk about how dumb Louie Gohmert is, or you want to play Find the Cat or kids, shit kids say, I mean, we have whatever game, in fact, anything, just send me anything. You can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Our first submission is from Jenna, pronouns she and her. Hey, to my favorite Beans Queens, confession time. I'm listening to the early days of Muller She Wrote as a self-study on how to develop an amazing podcast. Allison HE double hockey sticks you are amazing oh my gosh thank you however this made me realize i don't know who the voices are in the opening title song i mean i knew miss scarlet and mr green since clue is a national treasure but i was listening to manafort every week for the last few years without a clue hit me over the head with a hockey stick <laughs> did you mention recording episode 2 in your bathroom and not the kitchen <laughs> thanks for being awesome uh, and a trailblazer and an example on how to not only hustle but keep going even if you might not always believe in yourself due to imposter syndrome. Pet tax. Gila judging my puzzle assembly skills. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> That's amazing. What a sweetheart. I like the bell collar. I got to get one of those again. My Bruce Willis took the bell off his collar and now all of the, the lizards in the neighborhood are in danger. Episode two, I don't think it was in the bathroom, but I did record... Uh, part of an episode from an airplane bathroom. And I can't remember which one it was. But yeah, no, they were all recorded in the kitchen. Episode 17 was recorded in a friend's kitchen. It was just, it was the kitchen days back then. So anyway, thank you so much for the submission and thanks for the pod pet tax. I appreciate it. Next up from Buckaroo Frank, good news. I just got my driver's license. As payment of podcast tax, here's a picture of a D&D character I based off of my cat, Castanova or Casta but I mostly call him, get off the counter, you asshole, or get back here with that piece of cheese, you bastard. Anybody takes the night cheese, I get upset. Here is Raven Queen Bardlock who plays the hurdy-gurdy. Oh, look. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) These are great. These photos are great. Thank you for sending that. The hair is pretty, that's impressive, by the way, if that is you, Buckaroo Frank. Well done. Thank you for sending this in. Next up, Molly, pronouns she and her. Thank you, AG, Dana, and Amy for all the hard work you do keeping us updated on the news. One tiny correction from the latest episode of Muller she wrote. The first syllable of reporter Kelsey Vlamis' last name rhymes with fam, not fame. Oh, Vlamis, not Vlamis. And I just said it right this time. I don't know why I didn't say it right the first time. I hope that helps if you cite her work in the future. Yes, thank you, Molly. Thank you again for somehow making me laugh while you tell us the news and for creating a community where so many of us feel seen and understood. Your vulnerability and empathy are truly gifts. Thank you for sharing them with us as well. That's very kind. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate that. All right. And Vlamis, I've got it this time. And I appreciate that. I want to get their names right. Next up from Kimberly. Hello, Legume ladies. Sending love from the land down under. uh, As a veteran, my fate has been directly linked to American politics. So I can call myself a true ally to the American people. I've done all I've been physically capable of doing to try to get my country to help. As a broken soldier I was willing to act militarily. Now I'm chasing my politicians to act diplomatically to uplift my values and the values my country is supposed to stand for. I wanted to tell you ladies who have helped me cut through the military grade propaganda that's been weaponized against civilians worldwide. I'm doing all I can to have my country put pressure on America to prove it's back, restoring voting rights, social safety net through the reconciliation bill and vaccine patent waivers as Australia has some leverage right now. I want my country to help its ally save itself from itself. Yes, thank you, Kimberly. I want everybody in the Beans community to know that I'm trying to get diplomatic help as 20 years military didn't work. A few phone calls isn't much, but it's all I can physically manage. Attached to my two mixed mutts, your guesses are as good as mine. Ellie is the one buried by my Bob Dylan, the one ready to go bushwhacking, as is A.D., I guess, A.D.I. Love the Beans. All right, let's see here. And when you say buried by my boy Dylan in the sand is is that. And look at this. Oh my God. <laughs> she looks really totally chill and happy. And then uh Addy, I 80, I'm not sure, but what a beautiful dog. Nice vest. Hello, puppy. Thank you for that submission. I appreciate it. Next up, Tim from Florida, pronouns he and him. Hi, A G D G and A C. All strong, funny, and engaging women. I love Dana's joke about the penguin in Arizona. And I have been telling it to others, but today I want to share a new verse for Hallelujah. Okay, that means I have to sing. Here we go. We know Eric Trump is dumb as dirt. The whole family's a crime fraud alert. And all the orange buffoon can think to do is sue ya. Merrick Garland will be dancing with the stars when Donald Trump is behind bars, and the whole world will sing together. Trump's a loser. Trump's a loser. A goddamn loser. The Tim put that in. Trump's a loser. Hallelujah! Thank you for pet sharing. Please see our all-black two-year-old kitty, wild child. Don't let the cute pose fool you. <laughs> that is a that is a twisted kitty. I appreciate that. Thank you for sending in that lyric. We now have eighty-seven verses to Hallelujah. I think we, we I think we will do a compilation album. So yeah, send those in. We'll get them in, and uh, I'll, I'll go to my friend's studio. We'll make a recording. It'll be it'll be. Fantabulous, as uh, Eddie Ezra would say. Uh, again, if you have anything you want to send us, you can do that at DailyBeansPod.com and click on Contact. And thank you so much uh, to all of you and to our patrons and supercasters. Really appreciate your support. And I mean, I can't, I can't thank you enough for for the support that you all have shown me. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with Dana. Um, I'm going to be recording, I think, from Los Angeles. Uh, I'm supposed to be in some sort of a television program and be taping there but you will get your beans don't worry until then everybody please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i've been allison gill and them's the beans the daily beans is written and executive produced by allison gill with additional research and reporting by dana goldberg and amy carrero sound design and editing is by desiree mcfarland